Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, and I am your host for NABWIC Talks, and I'm also the CEO of Sula2, and we make old, new, and everything that we do in that we capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form possible, and that is what we do here at NABWIC Talks. We bring to you people that can inspire you, inform you, or entertain you, or all three. And today I look forward to talking to our guest, Ms. Anita McGugan. And you can discover how you can increase business profits by doing business with the Jacksonville Transportation Authority. Also learn how initiatives such as the Minority Enterprise Development Week, Midweek, can benefit your small business enterprise. Join us today as we talk with DBE Diversity Compliance Specialist Anita McGugan with the Jacksonville Transportation Authority. She is a disadvantaged business enterprise specialist with the JTA, and in this role, she coordinates with a team that provides all aspects of supporting Northeast Florida small and minority businesses as defined by SBA. In her prior role with JTA, she worked as a project administrator in the engineering department and was responsible for ensuring projects were on budget and on schedule. She has worked with reputable agencies throughout her career, and she's always a voice for the small business owner and helps small businesses and individuals with grassroots levels, their grassroots level needs um, to establish their businesses and goals. You can expect 100% transparency and no horror stories or surprises when working with Anita. Anita is a Jacksonville native, grounded, proud grandmother, and loves her career working with small and minority businesses. Welcome, Anita. Again, welcome, Anita. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And as we talked in the beginning, 
I feel connected to you already. I have a first cousin named Anita from, well, her name was Anita Jackson. She's now married and has another name. But when I see Anita and Jacksonville together, I have to remember her. And I look forward to hearing. And you also have a connection, too, that's kind of interesting as far as your name is concerned, too, right? Yes, I do. My my married name previously was Anita Baker, and I also ran a couple of businesses in that name as well. And you sing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I can anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, this, I hope, will bring joy to everyone that listens this morning because we're going to find out how you have brought joy to people in their business careers. So why don't you go ahead and just tell us about some of the things that you've done in that arena. Okay, well, good morning. And currently I am uh, uh, five years working with the Jacksonville Transportation Authority. It's a career, I think, that was created for me. I've often heard the statement that says if you do something that you love, it's not considered work. And that's how I feel definitely about my career. In my, in my place here, I help our small and minority-owned businesses to develop themselves. Uh, we assist in getting them training to better, uh, to better their business, prepare them uh, for social media, prepare them for pre-bids. We prepare them for the workforce if they have employees that may need additional training or may need some type of certifications. We're able to offer that with uh, little, or no, uh, little or no cost to them and their employees. We have developed um, businesses. Um, here in my role, I certify businesses that want to do work with JTA. However, you do not have to be certified as a DBE, a disadvantaged business enterprise, to do work with us. But it's to your benefit to have us to certify you. We certify uh, small minority businesses to do work with us, but also for the Jacksonville Airport Authority, we are certifying agencies for them. And I always say that the JEA, uh, the JTA, and the JAA are the that's kind of like the that's kind of like the beginning of our certification. The meat of the certification is for the U.S. Department of Transportation. That certification is also good for you to work on their projects, which is a much broader than, I would say. But we also, in our department, help to uh, help people to find employment. Um, you know, we also go out into the community. We help the homeless. We help to prepare them for. Uh, job interviews through another department here in our uh, Jacks, uh, J- JTA also has a Jacks care team uh, within the Jacksonville Transportation Authority, which is another just a phenomenal department to me. We go out and we help the homeless at the South Barker Village for the ladies. We also do help the men over at the South Barker uh, Center near the jail. We just do so much in the community, which just makes the job even that more that more exciting. So if it's anything to do with people, whether it's moving them, clothing them, transporting them, finding them jobs, or getting them certified, JTA covers that under one umbrella. <laughs> so that's it in a nutshell. Wow. So think back, is there a particular success story that comes to mind? Oh, wow, yes. There are many success stories that come to mind. Every 
person that's offered a position that thought they couldn't get a position is a success story to me. Um, JTA was granted, uh, we had a grant that my director, Ken Middleton, uh, wrote in about three, four years ago under the Obama uh, administration under workforce development. We got a grant, and we named that grant a back-to-work uh, grant, which allowed us, it gave us uh, 200 um Thousand and JTA had to match that, but that grant allowed us to kind of like ban the box on employment. So we were able to offer employment to people that normally wouldn't get a job because of maybe past uh, experiences that we, you know, as as we grow from children, sometimes our past is not so favorable. But JTA was able to ban the box on that, and we brought in some interns, and some of them to this day are permanent and permanent productive, positive employees. So I have many great stories. Uh, one young lady that came in to us um, as an intern who's now gotten her master's uh, in accounting, and she's working actively here with the JTA doing what she loves. And she came to us through the Jacksonville Urban League, which is one of our partnering agencies. So she is definitely a success story to me, but there are so many of them that um, we've got a driver over at the connection area that came in as a driver that's now advanced and loves his career. So it's all about uh, bringing positive things into people's lives as much as we can here. So, yes, those are my success stories. Those two um, people came in under us, and I'm just so just two of many uh, that came in under us that I'm just so elated about. Well, thank you. Uh, now, you explained about helping people get jobs, and I can see where large businesses and um, companies needing employees, that's a perfect fit. But when you talk about the small business and, and a, a small business is just getting started, what would you say or what would you advise them in terms of um, getting going or ensuring their, their success. And when you start this, would you please explain what you consider a small business? Well, uh, a small business to us is defined by the SBA, the Small Business Administration, and that's for uh, a business that has less than 500 employees, that does not have a three-year uh, net worth over $23 million, um, and that uh, has a minority owner that owns 51% of the business. And when I say minority-owned business, I'm talking about women. This is just a a presumed group of people, uh, women, um, African-Americans, Hispanics, Asian uh, Pacifics. And then we also bring in small businesses under Appendix E if you're not just assumed to be a small business. And what I would say... Um, to any small business that's just getting started is to find your niche. Um, If you're trying to get certified with the JTA or whatever uh, industry or whichever one of our sistering agencies you're trying to get certified with to do business, make sure that your business is something that that the JTA needs. Make sure that it's something that will serve um, the JTA in some type of, cap- of a capacity um, 
just to be an, just for an example, JTA is a transportation authority as well as the Department of Transportation. These, uh, this is an infrastructure business. So someone to come in with a daycare, um, I just I, I, I wouldn't see the need, and that's just an example. Um, a daycare is a great business. But I just wouldn't see the need of that business at the JTA. So when I when a small business comes to me, and they're talking about wanting to get certified, they're wanting to get maybe on some of these uh, bids. I always ask, what's your mission? What's your ultimate goal? And what service do you provide? And how will that fit in? to the entities that you're trying to get certified in. That's the most important thing. And everybody has all of these great ideas and abilities, but you have to cone it into targeting on specific things that you're good at before you spread out. That's, that's mm -hmm. the main thing that I say to small businesses. Just kind of now, bring it in. Now, you mentioned, I, I'm, I'm thinking I missed one. Uh, what's your mission, your goal, and the service that you provide? What Was there a fourth? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I, okay. Uh, okay, well, it's funny because I was on another, um, well, it, with another group of people just this morning. We were briefing for something coming up, and that is exactly the subject that we talked about, um, finding your niche, even though that particular word was not mentioned, that's exactly what it meant. So we hear that all over, and obviously that's the key to success. So thank you for that. Um, now, how is, is there some such a thing as being too small? Like if a person has a single product um, and really just getting started, who will you not work with? Well, there's not anyone that um, we will not work with at the JTA. We're one of the uh, entities that does, we do not require you to be in business for two or three years before we certify you. You can go out tomorrow, today, and start a business and uh, come to us for certification. We have an online process that uh, we certify our applicants through, but we'll work with anyone from one person to up to 500 uh, no business is too small. If you found a niche and you think it's it's it's, it's what you want to do, then we're here to assist you in any way possible to build that business. So we don't turn anyone down. Wonderful. That's encouraging. Now, how did you become connected with NAVWIC? What's became, your NAVWIC story? My NAVWIC story is Ms. Jackie Perry, who's a true engineer and a motivator to to me and any woman of color, if you meet to any woman, period, but specifically women of color, I think she stands out. She has a very um, calm demeanor about her, but she's about her business, and that's my affiliation. She, she's forthcoming, and she is dedicated to her cause with this organization, and I have the utmost respect for her for that, as well as she sits on, uh, she's part of a uh, committee that I also am affiliated with, uh, the First Coast Business Alliance. You know, it's always wonderful when you say something nice about someone and they get to hear it. Well, just so you know, I know she's listening in, so... 
from your lips to her ears, that has to be a wonderful thought. So um, thank you for sharing that. Now, what I'd also like to, to ask you, when you first started, I, my, the question that came to mind personally was, okay, how does one get to be who you are in a position like what you are? Um, how did you get there? What was that path like, career path? Well, uh, that's funny because I think of that often. I often ask myself, how did I uh, come from sales is what my background is, and I ended up um, – Getting into administrative roles with engineering uh, with engineering companies. My uh, path with engineering started with Jacobs Engineering. Um, I think back in a couple of couple of years. I'm going to date myself, but <laughs> so I started with Jacobs Engineering as an administrative assistant to the president when they moved opened their first office here out of from Atlanta. Um, they relocated me here, and I worked for that company for about five to six years, and I got in with a I, – I learned uh, about the small businesses because we did work with small businesses uh, at Jacobs Engineering. Uh, they partnered up, did a lot of work with JEA on the wastewater side. So I was over finding what you would call Section 3 workers, which is like a lower-income uh, bracket uh, businesses that was in that area. And I found, I found that to be intriguing, and I happened to run across one of the persons that they used, which was Section 3 certified at the time, was uh, Mr. Steve Davis, and he's a, a black-owned business here in the city of Jacksonville, C&ES, uh, Engineering and Construction. Regular that would come into that office, so he and I began to talk, and he offered me a position, and it took me out of my uh, kind of out of my realm of of engineering. But I, I worked for him part time, staying at Jacobs Engineering, and I was offered another position at another engineering firm, which was R S and H, and they got a little bit more into the meat of the what a deep of using DBEs and MBEs and needing all of these different. Um, minority or small businesses to fulfill contracts that they would have. Uh, if there's a contract, I know here with the Jacksonville Transportation Authority that has over $250 in federal funds, it requires a small business to, uh, to fulfill those uh, pre-bid needs, to fulfill that contract need. So I got into the DBE, the Disadvantaged Business Side, through RS&H, and kind of got a foot in the door with uh, JTA. And once hired here, I uh, came in in the engineering department as a project administrator and looking over grants and schedules for projects. And I was always intrigued when I would have to come down to speak with my director now, Ken Middleton, about putting goals on projects. So I got into this business through uh, working for engineering firms that did construction. I learned about it because I was active on the uh, assembling the bid packets that went out on these contracts, and it led me into this role. I always, I've always been one to help people regardless of my position. I've just always been a people's person and a true activist in my community. So this was just a perfect fit. I think everything that I've done in my career, 
led me up to where I am today, and and uh, next month I'll be with the with the transportation authority for five years, and I truly know that this was this position was created for me. So I got into it through um, working for engineering firms, learning about the construction and transportation side, and just finding a niche, and that's how I ended up here. True blessing. Wow. Now, I know there's some people that may want to ask you questions, so for those of you that are listening in and you press 1 on your keypad, you can let me know that you'd like to ask a question. And for those of you on the Internet and would like to call in and ask a question, the number to call in is 714-459-3918. And we do have a question. Okay, Ms. McNeil. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, caller number 0184. Good morning. My name is Ann McNeil, and I am the master builder, helping to build stronger and better lives. And my focus is on entrepreneurial women in the construction industry. And our guest today has blessed me phenomenally. As a member of COPTO, in addition to being the founder of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, I am sitting here learning so much about what is possible when you believe in people and power and possibilities in creating opportunities. So my question for the guest today is, what is your favorite book? I love reading, and I'm always interested in books that focus on certain areas of our lives or business. Thank you all for a wonderful show, and thank you, Jackie, for this awesome guest. Well, good morning. It's nice to – good morning, good morning. It's nice to hear a cheerful voice. I, too, am a member of Compto. I sit as the event chair. Um, My favorite book (laughs) – Anything by Sister Soldier. My favorite book is The Coldest Winter Ever. <laughs> it has nothing to do with motivation, or, but that is my favorite book. Anything by that author I will read, um, and that pe- always keeps my interest. Uh, she's also one of my daughter's favorite authors, and I'm just a phenomenal. I, I, I love anything by Sister Soldier. Do we have we actually have another person that would like to ask a question and that person's telephone number is five four nine eight. I'm about to open your line. Good morning. Good morning. I'm I'm so excited and inspired to hear your journey. My name is Tyleen Henry. Uh I am in Detroit, Michigan and I am in sales. I help people to achieve confidence around their financial well being and success by empowering them with the information that they need to make informed decisions about their family finances as well as their business finances and succession plans. And so the question that I have for you is um, I, I felt some similarities as you were saying. You started off in sales, and then you find yourself in an environment where you're learning about um, the build careers, and then you're implementing your passion by being able to help people. Well, I have a passion for people. And I want to know, along the path, did you have people that were kind of advisors that were asking you, well, what are you doing and how does this, how is this in alignment with what 
you know, whatever your goals are and what you would like to do in the future? And how did you address those concerns? Because you always want to maintain credibility, but people don't always see the plan and the vision that God has for you. And as you're being obedient, you still want to maintain, you know, people's confidence because you don't want them to feel like, oh, you're everywhere because you need their support. You want them to refer you. You want them to see you as a as a trusted um, and knowledgeable professional. So how did you manage? Because I'm, I'm making assumptions, but I would imagine that as you transitioned at different points in your career, you know, some of the folks that you knew professionally were probably like, well, how does this relate and how are you, you know, how does this uh, match up what you're doing compared to what your your um, what your background was? Because clearly it all matched up and you've been able to help people. But along the way, how did you communicate and keep the faith of those folks uh, that you, you know, trust and work with? Well, I would say my biggest motivator and the thing that guided my career path were my children. Um, a young mother, um, I lost my husband at a very young age, so my career path was led by my need to support my kids and their and, and the things that I knew that they would need, like college and, and go, going forth. My uh, most inspirational person in my career path and my change was my first position with Jacobs Engineering was Jamie Wallace, who was the uh, president of the company at the time. Um, he just saw something in me. I was straight out of sales. Like I said, I knew nothing about running an office, nothing about being an administrator, nothing about construction at all. But his patience with me and his leadership and his guidance over five years led me, um, directed me into a different uh, career path with his uh, references, with his, uh, I would say, blessings and what I was doing, forthcoming. I had no idea that my career path would lead me here. But being a small business owner myself at the time and working, I connected with, uh, you know, the the SBA. I connected with the, the small business development at the University of North Florida. I surrounded myself with people that would help me to build my business as I was helping other people to build theirs. I think that uh, my career path led me to where I am because of my love just to help people. Um, I believe that we plan mentally in in our mind what what it is that we want, and I believe that our meditation and our consistency and the things that we do, I just believe that the universe conspires and opens up for us that puts us in the right and puts us in the right place. But sales helped me to build relationships and partnerships that I still have today that helps me to help others. Uh, I say that because a lot of the people that I've worked for in my past um, uh, career uh, come to me now when, they're, when they need laborers, when they need workers, when they need uh, help in their businesses. They come to uh, me here through uh, my job, and they tell us, hey, we've got X amount of positions. Do you have some people that maybe you vetted that can, you know, do some back, pass some background checks, maybe a good driver's record, and um, just being loyal and building relationships, not just having clients or customers, but building relationships with follow-through to these people 
with the with the people that you build the relationships with is key to any success, especially if you're in sales. You have so many connections. Those connections are good, and they're going to carry you into the next part of your career. So I'm, I'm pretty in contact almost daily with, like, I would call him my mentor, uh, but he, which is Steve Davis, he truly led me into the areas because I had no idea of what to do after I left uh, after I went to work for him, and I left him to come to the JTA, but it was the best decision that I could have ever made was to take that leap. And a lot of times, I'll say this and I'll be brief, a lot of times we are afraid to take a leap on something that, uh, like an uncomfortable place. But those things in life, I welcome. I welcome change and every new opportunity to make something out of it. Thank you. That was absolutely extraordinary. I want to take a little twist right now, a turn. Um, We talked about keys to success, basically, but what's the worst thing you've seen somebody do? What can we avoid doing, the mistakes that people make? The worst thing that you can do as far as a small business is Start your own business and give someone else the credit for it. You know, uh, I have um, not here with the JTA, but in uh, other uh, another entity that I worked in, um, uh, a small business got, let's say, uh, with you a small business and you get a contract or you get on uh, and you you're able to be lucky to get on with another major business, but you're just used as a pass-through, as a front for the bigger business, you're not really the one that's reaping the benefits of it. I say that anything that you do when you put your name on it, you stand firm behind it and you hold true to owning it. Don't let anyone. Um, I've seen horrors, uh, I've, I've experienced horror stories where um, a small business owner thought that he owned a business and when it came down to the the legal side of it, and you do a little digging and you get a little bit deeper, someone that helped him to start the business actually put the business in their name. This person was only uh, on the business as a worker. So you have to, yes, you have to be consistent with your follow-through, know what's going on in your business at all times, be the main source that have the most information, Um, know your business and ask questions about your business if you've got someone helping you. You have to be able to trust the people that you've got working with you or for you. Now, actually, that is quite shocking to me. (laughs) Um, That's like someone um, finding out that they don't have the mortgage to their own house. Um, it's, It's amazing. But it also reminds me of something that someone used to say to me that was an attorney at one point. He was not practicing. Um, in the state that we were in, one thing he said is that he still had a a license to lie in the state of whatever it was. But the other thing he said was you can get anything you want if you don't mind who gets the credit. Um, I know. And so now you have to reconcile reconcile those two statements. But what you said is like, oh, my God, um, you have to be careful about that statement because you may be supporting someone in a corporate environment where 
this is your boss and you want to make them look good, that's the mindset that that came from. But if you're talking about your own business, uh, you have to be, according to what I'm hearing, you have to make sure that people know that it is your business. And in a small way, this is a very small way along those lines, whenever I give a presentation as a part of someone else, my my PowerPoint always has my um, my logo and my website in the corner somewhere so that if somebody uses it in the future or if, if they don't properly introduce me or whatever the case may be, I want them to remember that this isn't the part that I'm contributing. And sometimes I felt like that was selfish, but hearing what you're saying, maybe not. It's not selfish. No, you should take pride in anything that you've created and that you've done, and you should have your stamp all over it. <laughs> Thank you. So, again, if there's anyone that has any questions, now's the time to ask because we're about to wrap up the show. And I would like for Anita, for you to just share anything that maybe I have not had the fourth, uh, well, the, the presence of mind to ask you or that you have wanted to say and just haven't had to say haven't had a chance to say it at this point. So how would you conclude this show? Well, I would uh, thank you so much. Again, thank you so much for having me and I would love to end the show uh, speaking about the First Coast Business Alliance Alliance. That's a uh, a group of individuals that volunteer their time and their services to the betterment of our small minority businesses. It's a entity that Ronald Reagan in 1982 issued a proclamation stating that the first week of October, um, which was designated as the National Minority Business Development Week, we called it midweek, to recognize the tremendous uh, contributions that our minority business owners um, contributes throughout the nation. With this celebration, we do a week-long celebration uh, to honor our small and minority businesses, and we kick it off in uh, the first week of November with a breakfast on November the 4th at the University of North Florida, uh, followed by a Youth Entrepreneur Summit where we bring in different um, students, over 100 students from different um, high schools here in the, uh, Jacksonville, uh, have them come and they create these projects, and we're, we uh, we we kind of monitor them and um, kind of vote on who's made the best project. And we end that week with a midweek luncheon on November the 8th, which is held at the Florida Blue, which is our major sponsor there. So we um, there's a uh, about eight of us that sits on the board. Yetende Oyewale is our president of that. Uh, entity, and I sit as the vice president as well. We have some very major sponsors like Wells Fargo, Florida Blue, the city of Jacksonville, uh, the Jacksonville Airport Authority, JEA, Jacksport, um, the Small Business Center, uh, Chartwell, the school. There's just so many entities that come together to bring this forward, and I would love to invite everyone that's listening to join us with our once this kicks off, like I said, the midweek celebration starts on uh, November the 4th, and it ends on the 8th. It's a great uh, time and a celebration for all of our small and minority businesses. Wow. Thank you so very much. This has been NABWIC Talk with Anita McGugan from the Jacksonville Transportation Authority, and what a show it has been. 
So, between now and next time, you need to gather your information, get your stories straight about what your business is, and be prepared to tell that story on NAVWIC Talks because if you are a NAVWIC member, that is a benefit that you have available to you. Get it ready. Call Jackie. Contact Jackie and tell her you want to be on this show because this is an opportunity for you to showcase who you are and to share who you are with the rest of the universe who needs to hear it. So until next week, take care. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.